Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Former T.R. Miller head football coach Jamie Riggs shares his views on all aspects of football after a 40-year Hall of Fame high school career. Coach Riggs and his guests will discuss the latest on the local high school and college teams, the current issues that are dominating high school, college, and NFL football, as well as reliving some of the classic moments and history of the game with the people that made it happen. This is A Minute with Coach Riggs. And we are back, and we're in the process of naming the top 25 football teams of all time at T.R. Miller High School, uh, picked by a committee. Uh, we have been naming th these off and uh, hopefully get through all the way through number 16 today. Uh, we divided this episode into two different parts. Part one was teams 20, 19, and 18. The second part of this was teams 17 and 16. The reason we're having to do that is we talk too much. It has it's been just a little bit long trying to get some of this done. Uh, I am still pretty much technology challenged, but I have hopes for the future. My uh, granddaughter Maddie finished first grade recently, and I'm thinking that by the time she's second grade, she'll be able to come in here and do all this editing and everything for me. So I'm looking forward to that. So before we go on uh, and with team number 17, just very quickly, we'll go back and uh, hit uh, the top teams from number 25 on. Uh, the number 25 team of all time was a 1951 team coached by Hal White. They had a record of 9-1. and one. Uh, The number 24 team was the 1973 team coached by Frank Cotton. Uh, it was Frank's first team, 10-2 and two record. They were a state semifinalist, and uh, that was my senior year. Uh, the number 23 team of all time is the 2022 T.R. Miller Tigers, coached by Brent Hubbard, had a 10-2 and record. The number 22 team of all time is the 1977 Miller Tigers with a 9-1 and record, coached by Frank Cotton, didn't make the playoffs with a 9-1 and record. The number 21 team of all time is the 1940 Miller Tigers. They had a record of 7-1-1. One one. They were coached by Ben McLeod and... They gave up 14 points the entire year. The number 20 team of all time is the 1964 Miller Tigers. This red-clad football team ended up with a record of 8-1-1, one one, coached by Darrell Fitz. And as we have said, they are the dividing line between uh, the failures of the past and, and the great Miller football tradition that we have come to love over the past 60 years. The number 19 team, is the 2001 team, coached by Jamie Riggs, 12-2. They were a state semifinalist. And the number 18 team of all time, the 1986 Miller Tigers, 12-2 record, coached by Mike Sasser, quarterback by Keith Meganson. They made it to all the way to the state finals before losing. One more thing before we um, get going here. Just want to let you know not to let, you know, one of the things we always try to preach to our players is not to let things bother you. You know, you just can't let anything bother you. So as you listen to this podcast, if you hear dogs barking or something in the background, don't let it bother you. You know, be tough. Don't let it bother you because all that means is we're doing this in Bruton, Alabama. And, you know, it's really hard to get away from the dogs in Bruton, Alabama sometimes. So 
Here we go. We're getting ready with the number 17 team of all time at T.R. Miller. And they are, David, the 1996 T.R. Miller Tigers. All right, the 1996 team was coached by Jamie Riggs. We were 13-2. and two. We lost to Neal, 36-14, but came back to beat them 16-14 in the semifinals at Neal. We lost the state championship game at Legion Field 25-7 against Fayette County. They are some interesting things about them. This is the only Miller team to ever lose to Neal and then come back and beat them in the playoffs. They were the first Miller team to score 500 points. So their 517 points that year set a school record, which has been eclipsed now. I think there are four other teams that scored 500 points. And also, the seniors won 41 games in three years. That's a big number. I'm not saying that that's an unbeatable record because it's not, but it's going to take some awfully good football for three years to win 41 games. Uh, you can go back and look at some of, the, some of the great teams that we've had and put the numbers together, and some of them don't come that close to 41. No, sir. That's 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 how. Uh, this team scored thirty four point five points per game. We gave up fourteen point nine. Our point differential was nineteen point six. Um, we played in the first Super Six in Birmingham in the fog. Uh, this uh, this was a team of personalities that played very very physical football and. Our weaknesses, really, we had a couple weaknesses, and it was just basically pass. We were a pretty good play-action pass team, but um, if we got behind, uh, we had some issues. We didn't have the the really big, fast receivers to throw to, um, and we were not a great pass defense team. And unfortunately, the two best teams we played in 96, Neal and Fayette County, uh, could both throw the ball very well. They they matched up well against us. All right, um, we had a great running attack, and and we just blew people away running the ball at times. Our tailbacks were Ashley Kaiser and Robert Howard. Our fullbacks were Anthony Hudley and Antonio Johnson. Uh, the the offensive line was led by Michael seniors Michael Bell and Wayne Lodge. Um, we beat some good teams, but we beat a twelve and zero Greensboro team in the quarterfinals. Um, offensively. Uh, one of the better offensive lines that we had during my tenure. Michael Bell, Daniel Wilson were the tackles. Richard Roch was the center. Anthony Floyd and Wayne Lodge were the guards. Jason Jones and Robert Welch was the tight end. Jeff Wilson was our quarterback. Wide receivers were Matt Sasser, Shea Gibson, and uh, Wes Bradley. And we had a good punter and place kicker in Jeff King. But uh, defensively, uh, Wayne Lodge, Carl McInnish, uh, Mason Schott, Chris Matthews, Rodney Bryant all played defensive line. And, David, I'm telling you, we had some defensive linemen that could play. And That's uh, a lot of that's a lot of uh, good names you just named. Ab- ab- I'm going to say this. Absolutely. I'm not on the committee, don't want to be on the committee, but Jeff Wilson's the best left-handed quarterback <laughs> Tyrone Miller's ever had. Uh, I have to go a long way on that. Defensive ends were <laughs> Jason Jones and Anthony Floyd. Antonio Johnson, Sylvester Mitchell were linebackers. Our DBs were Robert Hodges, Sean Jones, Wes Bradley, and Robert Howard. Uh, this was a tough football team. And 
this was a team that had won a lot. You know, their senior year, these guys, they had won a lot. State championship, 15-0 as sophomores in 94, 13-1 and got beaten the championship game in 95. This team expected to play uh, in the championship game. They expected to be good. And we, we have with us uh, one of the uh, members of the 1996 uh, team, Matt Sasser. Sir Matt was a member of the 1996 T.R. Miller Tiger football team. The 96 team went 13-2 and and was state uh, runner-up and uh, was truly a, an outstanding football team. I was the head coach of this team, and I love coaching this team, so I'm happy to have Matt Wilson. Matt, the first question I have for you. Did you miss curfew at homecoming and have to run the stadium bleachers, or did you actually get to go to the parade? No, I, I was at the parade. I did not miss it, and my family still—they've read that that clip, and they—they they were just assured. They, they knew I was one of those guys. I said, "I promise you, I made curfew that night." I really think I did. I may I may misremember that, but I think I made curfew. I really do think so. I wish I, I wish... remember the running, and I would remember that. You know? <laughs> I, I just. I wish I could. I wish I had a picture of the look on Michael Bell's face when I walked. I just, I kind of like just drove up where they were having the, the float building and kind of drove down at the end of the street and just kind of walked up through the yards, you know. And, and they were having it across the street from his house. And I just kind of walked up through the yard and he walked across and I went, I said, Hey, Michael. And he says, Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, like funny, funny stuff. Okay, so um, the 96 team, we were a very physical running football team. You played wide receiver. We probably threw you a pass about every other week. Um, yeah, maybe. We, we, didn't, we didn't throw it throw it a whole lot. We could throw it some. We didn't throw it a whole lot. So, you know, talk a little bit about, uh, the, you know, the guys on, on offense that uh, were big for us that year. Well, I remember, I was thinking about the offensive line. You know, Michael Bell and Wayne Lodge had both, they had started on the 94 team as sophomores that won the state championship. They started on the 95 team, obviously. And then, so they were seniors. So they had, they had kind of been through the battles a little bit. And I was trying to remember as far as, I think Richard Rice may have been the center. Yeah. Um, Anthony yeah. Floyd was a sophomore. Yeah. He was a good football player. Um, and then you had uh, Ashley Kaiser, who everybody called Peanut, and then um, uh, Adrian Anthony Masson Hudley. He had three yeah, different names. Yeah. You would call him by a different name depending on how he was doing. Um, but but Masson was was another running back, and then he he was kind of a fullback type. And then um, of course Peanut was a tailback, and Peanut had a lot of he played a lot as a sophomore and junior as well, and he was a really good football player. Um, and, and it really was, we, we, we were, I think the, the, um, the proper phrase is we were inconsistent throwing the ball some, I mean, we could throw a little bit and catch a little bit, but you know, we just were, we were just better on the football. Um, a lot of times, Matt, you know, we could just line screen up passes and stuff like that, you know, to kind of mix it up some, but we were a pretty good screen team, you know, but, but, you know, to yeah. tell you the truth, we would just line up a lot of times on Friday nights and start blocking and running the ball. And we just got these huge holes, and we're running our sweep. And it's just hard to say, well, let's line up and throw it 20 times when we're getting seven, eight, ten yards every time we ran the ball. Yeah, we just didn't need to. And we weren't. We were just better running the football. I remember 
the, the game in Valley, we were we had, it was kind of tight in the halftime, and then we started sweeping them. We swept them and swept them. We were up forty to fourteen or something. I remember you saying, "Matt, you're about to pull us out," and you said. What do you want to What do you want to run? And I said, "Let's run a sweep, coach." I remember thinking back for years, <laughs> "Why not say let's run a post route or something?" I mean, you know, that, that tells you our mentality. We just knew we could do it. Yeah, you know? was, yeah. So uh, we had some good defensive players too. Uh, Mook Johnson was a really yeah. good linebacker for us. We had some, and some of those guys that were that were were juniors that were that were good players like Rodney Brand and Carl McKinsey. Talk a little bit about some of those guys. Yeah, I remember. I remember Ronnie Brand was just, uh, you know, he was he kind of got a little bit of trouble, but he was just consistent. He always gave effort. I, and I remember, um, you know, he would always when to be one of the first people to finish sprints. He just was, he just was what he was. And, and Paul McKinnish, you know, I moved back to Bird a few years ago when somebody sent us about Carl and you know how how much energy he has. I said, you you should have seen him play linebacker. I mean, he didn't question. You know his body, and you know he never had any any like you know take care of himself. It was a if coach said go to this gap, that's exactly what I'm about to do. No questions asked. I'm going full speed at it. Um, he just that's just the way he rolled, you know. Um, and he's the same way to this to this day, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I remember another. I remember, of course, Mook was a very good football player. I think he made all state that year. Um, as a junior, you know, and um. You know, I remember uh, another guy that that was well, was one of those type of players that was a sophomore to start the season, and then he got better and better and better. Was Wes Bradley? Yeah. Um, you know, he was a lot like his brother, and that you know, Jeremy, he thought he was moving slow, but nobody caught him, and that's kind of the way Wes was. You know, he just kind of um, he just got better every game, and he wound up being probably one of our better safeties and secondary people, if I remember that right. Um, he was a good football player. Um, you know, and I, I was thinking back. Jason Jones had been on the team. He, yeah, he had started since he was a sophomore. He was a great football player. He was um, great tackler. Um, and just I mean, he 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 would he would just would um, he was just so aggressive, and he was such a great tackler and a great you know just had physical contact. He just was just a, a strong. He was a man when he was fourteen. It felt, yeah. it felt like. Um, and I was kind of thinking back some of the defensive linemen. I know Mason Shaw was a pretty good nose guard, if I remember mm-hmm. right. We had lost Tristan Moore, who was phenomenal nose guard, just quick and, and slanted and got in the backfield and just created havoc, you know. Um, and then on the other side, I think we had Robert Welch and, and, and maybe Josh Reeves play on the other end. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, that, that was that was the ones I could recall from – I'm just thinking back on it, but um, you know, Matt. I think Sean Jones played corner, maybe so. So, um, the '96 team, as much as anything else, will always be remembered for the two nil games. Ugh. And and so, I, I'm going to kind of turn you loose here and let you talk just briefly about the first one, which we lost. And by the way, when we lost that game, it was the first regular season loss since 1993. And and it was just it was it was hard, and then we had a month of playoffs, and we got to play Neil again, and came back and won the second game in the semifinals. So, kind of talk a little bit about the two games, and maybe even what life was like in between until we finally got that second victory. 
it was horrible. I mean, you, you felt like you had let down the entire community and that's, that's probably not fair. I mean, it was, it was way worse than that. I mean, you didn't want to look your mom in the face. You just, I couldn't believe we had done it. We lost a regular season game. We lost to Neil at Miller. It, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I tell you, I was thinking back to that game. Um, I think, you know, of course, it's just all about blocking and tackling. But, um, you know, well, they had an open week the week before, and we had gone to Grove Hill to play Clark County. And I remember looking at the stands and seeing a bunch of their players. And in the very first play against Neil, they were over our side and they beat us. I remember going in motion and, and getting in the three-point stance and the outside linebacker pointing me going, it's going right here. And and I thought, huh, I wonder how he knows that. <laughs> and, and and they had they had gotten some all of all of our plays or some of our plays and, and they we had to work a little extra hard to, to to move the ball. But if I remember right, we were up fourteen and nine or something going the fourth quarter and then had a couple of late turnovers inside our um, you know, inside our twenty or thirty and just kind of teed it up for them and they scored two of their touchdowns there real late and um, beat us pretty good. Of all the things I remember about that night, I, I remember looking at the scoreboard thinking, I can't believe this is about to happen. I can't believe we're actually going to lose to Neil. The letdown, that was going to be to everybody and how we were going to be the ones that did it. I just, that was the part I couldn't, I couldn't believe. And then um, there was a guy from, from the WS Neil, whose dad, they came out on the field. They came running out on the field and they were out there. And I remember this guy's dad from Neil telling me, you know, Matt, you, you played a great game. You fought them all the way. And I remember that irritating me. To, I can remember it like, how dare you tell me we fought them all the way? They had no business beating us. You know, and I just remember him saying like we were, you know, like we were, we really tried hard and fought them the whole way. And it, that, that statement stuck. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I still don't really like to talk to that guy because he said that to me. Um, you know, it, it just—I couldn't believe it. Like, like they, like we were the underdogs. I'm like, no, this. You know, of course we had excuses. We had turnovers and stuff like that. But it just, and then you know, it, it just the the buzz it created. I mean, it was unbelievable. And you know, of course the bracket comes out, and you know, Coach Baker had everybody really well trained on the bracket, so. You look down the road, and we had played in the senior finals the year before. It happened just like that the year before. Right. Um, so we beat them both times. So we knew it was a possibility. And um, and we just started, you know, I guess kind of going to the playoffs and, and working that way. And sure enough, it, it turned out to play them in the semifinals. finals. And, and uh, you know, I, I do remember we changed our signs up. <laughs> And uh, do you remember that? Uh, you ever had to change our signs up some? Or yeah, because uh, made, completely made that up. Yeah, no, th th we we did. And the rumor around at the time was that you know they had um, they had picked our headsets up on the scanners, and they had, in the first game, and that they had listened. They knew our play calls. Now, whether or not that's true, I have no idea. But uh, well, that was I the deal. So we changed you, a bunch the of first things. Play of the game, they knew the play was coming their way. They knew exactly yeah. the play. I can, that's the only affirmation I can say about it. They, they knew the first play of the game over at Miller. Yeah. Well, talk about the the second game because the second game was a barn burner. It was. It was. And you know, it was. Um, it was a defensive game. I mean, mm -hmm. and and I don't remember them being uh, particularly good at throwing the football either. Um, that, they were kind of a running team, and they had a bunch of 
Um, you know, they had Willie Samuels was a quarterback and Alex Hawthorne and I think um they had two or three just really good athletes and they would they would, you know, kind of put them out wide and, and then run them, you know, yeah. at, at halfback or tailback. There's all over the place. And I remember in the scout report, you had about four or five numbers you had to kind of look for. And that was that was the idea. You know, find these numbers on the field and be ready for these these, you know, these motions or these plays. And we really um I mean, they didn't they they didn't move the ball much at all on that night, and I somehow we, you know, just kind of eased down the field and got you know forty yards in a cloud of dust and and scored a touchdown and um and if I remember right, it was still the kind of game was still in balance and um, kind of it was close enough. I think we did one score and uh, Wesley Bradley was a split in and he ran a post route and. And of course, we were such a running team. They didn't think we we were much of a threat to throw. I mean, you could just wait on us running the football, and you were going to be right most of the time. And and they just got caught sucking in, and, and Wesley ran a, a post behind them, and, and Jeff hit him right in stride. He scored a touchdown, and, and we went up. Um, I think sixteen to nothing then, or um, I, yeah, I think it was sixteen to nothing. And they scored a couple of late touchdowns, if I remember right. Or else it was 16 to uh, 7 when we scored that, that last touchdown. They scored one late and make it 16 14. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just remember after that, it was. And I tell you the thing about that game, and you probably remember it as well as I do. I don't know how many people were there, but, oh. you know, the, the old stadium, the, 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 the fans were on the field. And we were warming up, and I mean, it was it, it was unbelievable. I've ne- I don't know if I can ever remember experiencing anything like that in a game where it was just it was just thick. I mean, you could hear the bells, cowbells going off, and people yelling. And when we were warming up, the place was full. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was I love playing at the stadium over there in those days when we had those huge crowds, and you know, people are literally seven and eight deep around the fence. And uh, it was a, a, a spectacular <laughs> yeah. environment, you know, to be able to play. So we win the game, and we did the, the pass from uh, Jeff Wilson to uh, Wes Bradley was the one that really clinched it for us. We get to play in the very first Super 6 championships in Birmingham. The only problem was that we spent so much emotion on the Neil game, we had to turn around and play on Thursday night. And it was a hard turnaround. We had a really good team to play in Fayette County. And they, kind of the same thing happened to us as it did against the uh, in the first Neal game. Close game till the fourth quarter. And then uh, uh, they started throwing the ball. We had a hard time getting them stopped doing that. And we ended up losing the game. But it, it doesn't really take away, uh, to a certain extent that's hard, but it doesn't take away from the fact that this was still an outstanding football team. And, Matt, you know, uh, there are three things about this team that that uh, people forget sometimes. We did play in the first Super 6 championship, but we also uh, scored 517 points that year, which at the time was the school record. We've had uh, two or three teams eclipse that since that time, but that was a lot of points to score. And you guys as seniors won 41 games in three seasons, and I'm not saying that that's an unbeatable record, but it'll take three terrific football seasons in a row by T.R. Miller to uh, to eclipse that record. So you guys have a lot to be proud about and uh, 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 throughout uh, what you had done, not only uh, in 96, but throughout your career. But you guys had a terrific team. 
Yeah, it was. It was. You don't. You realize it more and more as you, the older you get. You look back, and uh, you know, we just they. If anything, that team just expected to win. I mean, that was a, the kind of the epitome of of that team. I thought back about them some over the last day or so. You know, there was there was a bunch of guys like me on that team. You know, I was play, I played behind Jason Madden for a couple of years. It was finally our turn to play. You yeah. Know? Uh, we, were, we were behind some really good players on the 94-95 team, and there was probably seven or eight starters like me that this this was finally their chance to do it, you know. And and we just thought we were going to do it like they did. You know, we didn't know that we were um, any different. And, you know, it, it's and we played 15 games through the first two seasons. Um, it wasn't until we were senior that we had an open, open week, and that was unique to us. We didn't know what that was all about, you know. Yeah. Um, and we played a lot, and, and you know, one thing I thought about too with that bunch, you know, the 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 um, and you've always said this, you got to coach. And I think uh, the way it goes, you got to coach next year's team this year. Um, you know, when we were sophomores and juniors, all of us played a bunch because mm-hmm. you know we we played a lot of games. We we kind of we kind of took over pretty early, and we all got a bunch of playing time. So we had a lot of minutes. You know, um, all of us did. Um, just from having played a lot of football on really good teams and having the chance to see the field early on in our, you know, our playing careers. And I think that paid off, you know, towards the end. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think there's any, any doubt about it. But, the, you know, the mid-90s were just an incredible time for football, uh, not only in Bruton, but in East Bruton as well. Neil had some terrific teams. And these teams we played, the 96 Neil team was great. The 95 Neil team was great, and the 97 Neil team was terrific. You know, just the the experience for everybody in both communities was just great, and they, they lived for that last week when uh, the Miller-Neil game was going to be there, and they filled the stadiums. Yeah, they did. It was, it was it's, it's great thinking back on it. It really is. It was, it was to hear people talk about it. You know, you wish you could go back and, and, and see it from – a uh, uh, middle-aged man's perspective and just sit there and look and go, wow, this is unbelievable, you know, but you just don't realize what you're in the middle of while you're doing it. Again, like you said, we were cocky and we just thought this was what it was supposed to be, you know, we just didn't we just didn't know any different. We thought, you know, I remember Wesley Bradley, not Wesley, Jeremy Bradley, telling me in the during the 95 season, we were in the playoffs and we're all kind of hanging out before the before the game started. Jeremy, I said, Jeremy, what's it like to lose a game? <laughs> he said, "He said, don't worry about that. We got that covered." <laughs> oh man, that's, that's, that, that's, that was, right. that was how things went for us. We were blessed. We really were. Yeah, we were. Matt, listen, thank you and talking to us about the uh, nineteen ninety six team. The ninety six team was a state runner up and uh, one of the top twenty five football teams in the history of T R Miller. Thanks. I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks a lot. All right, so David. The, the 96 team, as much as anything else, will be remembered for winning the semifinal game against Neal in East Bruton after we had lost 36-14 to 14 in the regular season. And, uh, and, and Matt kind of talked about this some, but of all the years I coached, it was the most emotional game that I was ever a part of from a standpoint that losing to Neil by three touchdowns after we had won, gee, I don't know how many regular – we hadn't lost a regular season game since 93. And we, we lost by three touchdowns after I think we were tied going into the fourth quarter. 
and dropped the ball and did some crazy things and they just whipped us. And then we've got to live with that for a month. And then we got to go back and play them again and we got to go play them over there. And I, I can't really tell you how emotional we everybody was about this. This was we felt like uh, we were defending the uh, the entire tradition of T.R. Miller football, and it was a great, great football game. It was, and for people that weren't in the area or weren't around in those days and, and, and missed those particular Miller Neal games. But the Battle of Murder Creek, it speaks for itself each and every year. I love watching that game. I always have and always will. But there in the mid-90s, uh, it was just extra special, and, and mainly because they were so good. I mean, they, they were they were a great football team. I know this is a T.R. Miller show, and I, I, don't, I don't want to prop them up too much, but they were great. And to go over there and beat them, especially at Buddy Taylor Memorial, always added a, a, a little extra to it, uh, in my opinion. I love playing over there. When I played, I loved going over and watching games. They have a nice venue now. But that, uh, that 96 game was one of a couple during those years that was as good as you got in high school football. Yeah, and we, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we ended up, um, we were ahead. We ended up throwing a touchdown pass, Jeff Wilson. To, and, and by the way, uh, they were almost impossible to run ball on as, as good as we were. Yeah, and it was a knockdown drag out. And so we're in the fourth quarter. We're trying to throw the ball because they're playing man coverage on us. And so we're trying to attack them. And we finally caught a post route. We'd had a couple others open that we had missed. And uh, we had a nice little fake. Jeff uh, dropped back through a perfect pass. To Wes Bradley, who in typical Wes Bradley fa- fashion, he was a sophomore, juggled it, then caught it, and scored. But the next morning in the Mobile Press, he uttered the greatest line I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Certainly the greatest in the history of our school. Yeah. They asked him what he was thinking, and he said, I just looked up, and I saw the ball, and it looked like to me a gift from God. A gift from God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it gives me chills just thinking of this, this hearing it again. Yes. A yes. gift from God. So we win 16-14, to 14 and um, it's put us in the championship game the next week. And it also, for the second year in a row, we beat them in the semifinals. It kept Neil out of the championship game and um, against a, a great, great Neil team. But the 96 team, I think, more than anything else, will be remembered for that ball game, and um, it was a it was a great night in Bruton that night. We had suffered for about a month after the other loss. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, Coach, but when we lost the regular season game that year to WS Neal in the Battle of Murder Creek, didn't we lose because Michael Bill Michael Bell rolled his ankle up hog hunting the night before the game? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> He did get injured. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I and I, I can remember that, and I was not very happy at all. I remember you not being. I remember you weren't happy at all. Oh. That might be. When we do so many spinoff shows. That might be <laughs> one to get Bell on the phone and kind of recant that. But I think he rolled it up hog hunting on Thursday night before the Battle of Murder Creek. Oh, okay. All right, David. We are ready for the number sixteen T.R. Miller football team of all time. And the number 16 team is the 1984 T.R. Miller Tigers, coached by Mike Sasser. Record of 12-3, and three, they were the 4A state champions that year, the first year of the six classifications that was 84. 
probably the greatest season comeback in Miller football history. Uh, this team had a record of two and three at midseason and had just been blown out by Atmore. The score was actually 35 to 14, but I was the defensive coordinator, and I can tell you it was 35 to seven at halftime, and we could not tackle uh, Murray Hill. I'll just go ahead and tell you, we could not tackle him. And uh, they were, they, 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 they had put it on us. Um, Tennessee volunteer, the Tennessee Volunteers had trouble with Murray Hill a couple of years later. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, we then won 10 games in a row. We would give up a touchdown or less in seven of the next nine games, beat Neal 27 to nothing in the playoffs, beat UMS 23 to 17 um, in what could only be called the miracle game. We had a quarterfinal victory, 31-6 over Pike County, which is probably an upset. Uh, they had uh, beat Elba, who everybody thought was going to win the thing, the week before. We beat Tallahassee 17-7 in the semis in Bruton before going to Cherokee County and beating Cherokee County in center 2018 on the road in a frigid game. Uh, this team taught us that um, with the new playoff system, uh, we had a chance to make a playoff run every year. The scoring average, 24.3 is what we averaged. We gave up 13.8. Our scoring average, different point differential, 10.5, which is one of, the, one of the very lowest on this list. This was not a typically fast T.R. Miller team. Uh, we weren't, didn't run quite as well as some of the others. But this team kind of got a, a lucky deal when they found Joseph Williams, who uh, Coach Sasser played at mostly fullback, sophomore running back, he would end up with 1,700 yards. Um, we also learned we could win a close game because, buddy, we played a bunch of them. There were some iconic players on this team. James Weaver, who caught the famous pass. Michael Herbert, unbelievable football player. Dwayne Hammock, certainly uh, in the in the running for the meanest football player to ever wear the red jersey. He was All-State. Of course, Joseph Williams, and sometimes we forget our defensive tackle, Randolph Harris. And Randolph oh, yeah. was an outstanding football player. All right, and just very quickly run through some of these guys. The wide receivers were James Weaver and Carlos Pope. Kevin Ladnier was our quarterback. Uh, the running backs were Chris Peterson and Joseph Williams. Uh, tackles were Chris Joyner and Bart Till. The guards were Kyle Ferguson, Michael Herbert, the center was Thad Moore. On defense, Dwayne Hammock, Chris Boyd played defensive ends. Eric Cole, Judge Eric Cole and Randolph Harris played defensive tackles. Tommy Thompson was our nose guard. Michael Herbert and Roger Jones played linebacker. Roger made some huge plays for us in the playoffs. And our DBs were David Britton, Yancey Jernigan, Donald Howell played strong safety. And, of course, your brother Steve was our was our free safety. You know this team well. Um, uh, I think you were in the ninth grade. I was the defense coordinator. I know it well. Um, unbelievable year. But just just unbelievable. No one would have ever guessed at the end of September where we would be the first week of December. It was uh, – I, I think this is probably 
fair for most people. I don't think anybody, especially in Bruton, would change when they grew up. I think you loved growing up in the 60s and going to high school in the 70s. I've heard my mother say that the 50s was the best uh, decade to grow up. I loved being a little kid in the 70s, watching all of y'all play, and I loved being a student at T.R. Miller in the 80s. And I can, and you mentioned it just a moment ago. I can tell you the mindset of a kid in the 80s at T.R. Miller. The mindset was to win home, as far as playing football, was to win homecoming, win WS Neal, and you wanted to survive the Atmore game. And that, 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 winning it wasn't, wasn't really an option. And you didn't think about the playoffs because the format was so much different with the classifications. You have to understand the last championship was won in 69. So that had been 15 years had passed. A whole generation of kids didn't know that was really a doable deal. They changed the classifications in 84. Uh, we have a, a pretty good gauntlet of games there to start the season. I would I would argue that uh, the teams that we lost to in the first half of the season, the Atmore and the Monroe teams, are good. some of the best teams in, in their school's history. Yes, good teams. Uh, I mean, uh, Atmore's probably, probably the best Atmore team Atmore's ever had, and they've had some really good ones. I think that team won a state championship or won it the year before. But they, uh, they were – I remember how electric this town was when that football team started making that run in one week built on another. I remember there was pep rallies two and three nights a week. There was uh, community cookouts, you know, one night a week at one of the churches. I remember we had a big cookout down there in the parking lot behind the courthouse, a community cookout. And it was just, it was a great time to be alive. And that football team kind of put the community on their back and we all just went. And then of course, going over to Cherokee County, that game playing out like it did, it was the closest thing to a movie type setting that you've ever seen. You know, you have the trick play, you have you have the fourth and ten conversion, then you have the fourth and ten conversion for the for the go ahead score. Uh, of course, you had the elements. The the, the 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 I don't know if it was ten degrees or five degrees or negative two degrees. I know it's the coldest I've ever been in my life, and there hadn't been a cl- it hadn't been a close second. But that was magical, and I think that kind of you know it gave you a reason to believe that you could do it too. Certainly in 86, we were, we were playing off that momentum. You know, we didn't get it done, but of course the teams behind us, uh, thankfully a bunch of them did a couple of, a couple of other ones came up short like we did, but I think it rekindled the dream. And I know, I know several times, you know, the, the, the 10 win mark is a, is a, is a, is a mark that's, that's held in high esteem as it should be, which is hard to do. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. There's only four teams in Terrell Miller's history that have won the last 10 games of the season. That's 69, 84, 91, and 90, uh, excuse me, 91 and 94. 94, 91 to 94. Those are the only four that have won the last 10. So 10 is a big number. To win the last 10 also has a pretty special designation to it as well. And that 84 team, they were, they were senior loaded, senior laden, senior mean, they were physical, and uh, it was a it was a heck of a time to be alive. It was a heck of a time to be a student at T.R. Builder, I can promise you. And the only other thing I will say about this, and uh, it is that it was a battle and a fight every day at practice. I'm telling yep. you, this group, um, you, you know, you, you had to take them by the collar. And 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 make them do it right all the time, and they would do it. They needed a strong hand, and yeah. um, and and they responded to that. And the other thing is, we could have given this up so many times, David. I'm telling you, we were down to our last stroke several times. 
Because certainly when we lost to Atmore, we could have given that whole thing up, you know, oh, yeah. because, because we had looked look bad. Um, the playoff game against UMS, we've already talked about. Um, I mean, a, a game, a ball bounces one way or the other, we're done. But we ended up, make, you know, making the play. Every time we needed a play, somebody made a play somehow to just keep the season alive. And, and I uh, think there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, you know, I, we talked about some of the games that, are, that, that we lost in 86. We found a way not to win the game. That Team 84 found a way to win the game, and that's how fine – a line it can often be between winning the championship and not winning it. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's going to play hard. Everybody's going to play good. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But, you know, who can make that play at that point of critical mass? And had the Cherokee County game not played out the way it did, you can make a strong argument that that UMS playoff game was one of the most exciting games in Terra Miller history. Like you said, I mean, that thing's down there on the goal line, and Roger Jones knocks it out. Did he cross the goal line? I don't know. The referee said he didn't, so that's what we went with. But it was it was it was it was inches away from the season being over and the season continuing on, and it was just uh, I don't know that's amazing. And we're up there in the freezing cold. We're behind. We're eighty five yards or something from the goal line with I don't remember three and a half or four minutes left in the game or something, and we do this incredible drive with fourth yeah. down conversions. And, and and everything and and uh, just great play and just but every, you know you just kind of felt that this team was destined and when we got the ball back you know I don't have anything to all I'm doing is watching I was defense core I'm just watching and unbelievable I just felt like we're probably fixing to do this I mean I, I really thought thought that we were that we we believed in what we were doing. And and you know this, like Mike Saster is the head coach. Mike's calling the plays, and Mike has ice water in his veins. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you couldn't tell you couldn't tell the difference in him then and the first game of the season. It was just it was just that way, and uh, so um, really un- unbelievable, and it certainly deserving to to be on the list and uh we did talk to uh one of the members of the 84 team let's let's uh, uh listen to what he had to say okay so we've got with us uh right now Bart Till a member of the uh 1984 uh TR Miller football team it was a 4A state champion and uh, with a uh we had a 12 and 3 record our head coach was Mike Sasser did a Splendid job, and so I'm excited about having Bart here with us to talk about. Bart was actually an offensive lineman, and 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 th- I think Bart, we actually let you play linebacker occasionally, didn't we? Well, I did. Uh, my sophomore and junior year, uh, I played more linebacker, but my senior year, uh, y'all moved me to the defensive line, and I played a good <laughs> bit of defensive line my last year. But uh, I did play some linebacker as a sophomore and as a junior. All right, so let me just start by saying this. Okay, I was a defensive coordinator on this team. So this, for almost forty years later, can you explain to me what happened? Because I, I just to, even to this day, don't really understand how in the world we ended up winning the state championship, considering where we were, 
at midseason. How'd we do this? Well, you know, it's it's well documented. You know, coach, we we started the year uh, two and three. Uh, you put some of that in context, though. Uh, uh, we've discussed it before. You had uh, you had a real talented team uh, the year before the '83 team. It was a really deep team. So a lot of the guys that were counted on uh, in, on the '84 team had not played a whole lot of football, and that's that some of the senior guys, some of the some of the guys that really uh, contributed to the the '84 team, especially on defense. And and without some of those guys, you know, I don't think we would have won the state championship at all. But you know, we it was a it was a combination. We had some injuries early on. We played a really tough schedule. Uh, we had Atmore, uh, we had uh, Monroeville and Jackson in, in the first five games. And yeah, That's back right after the classifications had changed. And I think all three of those schools were 5A at the time and were really good teams. I know the Jackson team uh, that beat us in overtime in the first game of the year, they made a deep run into the playoffs that year. I think they eventually got beat by Greenville. Of course, Atmore, you know, was always tough back then. We always called it the University of Atmore. Uh, I know they had two guys on the team that you know were all SEC players down the road, so I think it was a combination of being uh, inexperienced, uh, you know, a really tough schedule. And we had some key injuries at the beginning of the year. We had uh, Steve Jennings, a senior starter, had been a three-year starter. He missed some time with a with a hand injury. Uh, Chris Joyner was a senior offensive lineman. He missed some time, and then Kyle Ferguson, another senior offensive lineman, he went down in the first game with a knee injury. So we had some. Some knee injuries. I mean, some some injuries, uh, some inexperience on a tough schedule that kind of led to that two and three start. But uh, you know, we rebounded. Uh, the, the coaching staff got everything out of us. Uh, had a really good second half against Atmore in the Atmore, in the Atmore game. We were we were down thirty one nothing at half, I think. And then uh, we came out and scored two touchdowns in the second half and shut them off, shut them out, shut Atmore out. And you know, honestly, that really I think is what kind of springboarded us to the to the great run that we had toward the the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And in the postseason. Well, um, I think you were right about um, we had some guys like uh, Tommy Thompson and uh, Roger Jones, who played terrific linebacker for us, and um, uh, Randolph Harris uh, hadn't played a whole lot. And Randolph really became a force on defense, so that was part of it. And, and, and part of the deal was I, we actually had something we didn't know we had in Joseph Williams. And, uh, and and all of a sudden, Joseph's a sophomore, a little sophomore, and we have to put him in there early in the year. And uh, Mike Sasser did a great job of utilizing his speed and his talent. And he ended up with 1,700 yards. Talk a little bit about Joseph a little bit because I think him, his play and what he did – gave us the speed and all on offense that we really needed. Well, you know, there again, that's another another thing that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, Joseph wasn't the starter at the beginning of the year. We had a senior running back who had played a little bit as a slot guy, I think, uh, as a junior, and he moved over to the tailback position. And uh, he, uh, he, he left the team after the first game, uh, had, a, had a falling out over it. He didn't feel like he graded what he should have graded after the first game. And, and you know, Coach Sasser being Coach Sasser, he you know he just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna tolerate it. So he let he got left, and he didn't try to get him to stay or anything. And so that opened the door for Joseph. But yeah, I mean Joseph, he, Joseph, I don't know, wasn't a real big guy, probably 140, 145 pounds, but he was really fast. And and the thing that that stuck out to me about Joseph was he was a slasher, 
as a runner. He wasn't a real powerful runner and, and wouldn't and, and had good balance and good vision. And uh, Coach Sasser and the offensive staff, they just did an excellent job of, of using utilizing Joseph. And we had a big old fullback, uh, blocking back, Chris Peterson. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a good, that, 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 that really helped there, helped Joseph a lot. And, you know, I think being surrounded by some seniors on the offensive line, it kind of gave he gave Joseph a feeling of comfort. And, you know, once he got in there and kind of found his footing, I mean, you know, he, he had one of the best seasons, I believe, in probably T.R. Miller history as far as running backs go. And, and T.R. Miller has absolutely had some great running backs over the years. Yeah, but, no doubt. Well, well it was a, we, we blocked a lot of people late in the year, though. I mean, you, you guys up front, you obviously a great player. Kyle and, um, uh, you know, we, we just had some guys up front that I thought – you know, really came forth that late in the year and, and started moving people out of the way. Well, I, I think so. We had, uh, you know, like say coming back on coming back that year, we uh, beginning of the year we had two guys, me and Ferg, that had a lot of playing time under our belt. But then we had Thad Moore at center was a new player. Uh, I think Lee Thompson at, at the left guard, uh, quick guard was a new player, and Chris Joyner, although a senior, had not played a whole lot at quick tackle, and then. Uh, you know, we did a pretty good job during the year, but what really solidified us is when they moved uh, Michael Herbert into yeah. the quick guard position. And that really, I mean, we were, we were really a force up front, and and I think we did a good job blocking for Joseph. But, you know, yeah, Joseph didn't need a whole lot of help. I mean, <laughs> Joseph was just a natural talent uh, and uh, was a slasher. He was really elusive in the open field uh, and wasn't afraid to stick his head in there, stick his nose in there when he needed to. You know, yeah, although he was 145, 150 pounds, maybe. So, so Michael Herbert probably as good a two-way player as you could ever hope for. He he was just at times dominant at guard um, down there in the playoffs, and and yet he's an all-state linebacker. Uh, talk a minute about him, and uh, in addition, he was also our our, our place kicker. And and, um, and and talk a bit about him because he was a special guy. Michael was a special guy. He uh, Michael didn't look like he he looked like your typical guard at the time. I mean, he was probably six foot tall and maybe two hundred fifteen pounds. But I'm gonna tell you, he was probably the best athlete, best natural athlete in the school. He was a heck of a basketball player, heck of a baseball player. He, he called for the baseball team, had a good bat. And, and I grew up with Michael. We hung out a lot as uh-huh. kids. And, 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 you know, if you wanted to shoot pool, Michael was going to be the best pool shooter. <laughs> if you wanted to play ping, ball, ping pong, he was going to be the best ping pong player. If you wanted to throw darts, he was going to be the best dart thrower. He was just that kind of athlete. And, and like I said, he looked more – he didn't look like a typical athlete. He was very powerful, very, very thick. But as far as just natural athletic ability, I mean, they, he was probably the best athlete on the team, yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah. So, uh-huh. uh, Bart, you have one minute to talk about Dwayne Hammock. Can, can you <laughs> adequately describe Dwayne Hammock in one minute? Dwayne Hammock <laughs> was the nicest, most well-mannered young man around adults. And when you got him outside of a structured environment, uh, whether it be school or, or football practice or whatever, he was absolutely the most ruthless, <laughs> uh, mean, tough guy you would ever want to come across. I mean, he was something else. He was fearless. He was funny. He had a sense of humor. 
uh, you know, there, you could, Dwayne could be described a lot of different ways. I mean, it, it was, and he was a good athlete too. Dwayne was, he had huge arms, huge hands, big, big, strong hands, uh, that he used to his advantage at, at defensive end. Uh, and you know, I say Dwayne was a good athlete. Dwayne, you didn't want to play basketball with him. Uh, he was a good basketball player, good baseball player. He was a younger guy, didn't play, you know, uh, in high school. But Dwayne just loved life. If there was if there was a guy that loved life, yeah. and that loved mischief, and, and loved being tough, I mean, he, he was the guy. I think that the story I've heard you tell about Dwayne and Coach Sasser and the coaches meeting the night before the game in, in uh, Cherokee County at the, at the hotel – was probably the funniest story I've heard about him. Uh, uh, when you and Coach Rodge were going to uh, take take shifts, uh, watching his room, or uh, <laughs> make sure he didn't try to slip out, and then uh, the comment Coach Sasser made was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he, he Dwayne was Dwayne was something. He was he was all everything and the strongest hands I've ever seen. You know, he just once he got his hands on you, you you were done. So, you know, absolutely. Mark. Um, if you go to an overtime game in the playoffs like we did against UMS and you have the ball first and you end up having to kick a field goal and you miss the field goal, the odds of you winning that game are probably about 10%. If you're playing UMS and they already have a really good field goal kicker, it's probably less than 10%. Okay, so how did we win the UMS game? Well, you know, we beat them early. We beat them yeah. the second game of the year, I think. So, you know, it's always tougher to beat a to beat a team uh, twice in the same year, especially down at their place. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had our opportunity in the first overtime. We missed it. Uh, they get the ball. Uh, I can't – I don't remember what down it was, but they were, they were at about the three-yard line. And uh, they blocked the play really well. And it was their, their running back, or Ronnie McKinney, was a really I think he's an all state running back. Yeah, he was good. He took the he took the ball off uh, left tackle between the guard and the tackle gap. The left the right side of our defense got wiped out, and I hate to say I was I was on that <laughs> side of the ball at that time. Uh, Hammett got blocked. Michael Herbert got blocked. But the play of the year, and this was probably arguably probably the you know. And I'm biased a little bit, but I, I would say this is probably the defensive play uh, of all time in T.R. Miller history. Roger Jones, one of the guys that had stepped up as a senior and had a really good year, he came from off tack. He came from the offside linebacker spot, and he put his helmet right in Ronnie McKinney's chest, and he knocked that ball loose right on the goal line. It, it rolled into the end zone. I think it was Steve Jennings that covered it up, and we we still had lives. I mean, you know, and we scored. I think our next possession. And it's just, you know, it's, it's being in the right place at the right time. I think, you know, maybe a little uh, divine intervention uh, for the good guys, maybe a little bit. Maybe it so. Was, it was a heck of a play by Roger Jones. I mean, it was, it was, and you don't realize how big of a play it was at that time, but what it meant, you know, years later, yeah. you know, to that season, uh, you know, we would have, we would have, we we, it would have ended there second uh, in the second round at UMS, but. It wasn't for Roger Jones's play. All right, so um, I just want to finish up here with the championship game and 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 talk for me, if you will, about the last drive. We're down uh, eighteen to thirteen. We've got to go eighty some odd yards or whatever it is. There's three or three and a half minutes or something. We we've got to make this drive and to win the game and we do that 
We make some fourth down plays. We make some incredible plays. Talk about the last drive a little bit because, you know, I was the defense coordinator. I'm just standing there watching. And I just thought the thing was absolutely amazing and uh, and and culminated with the most famous pass in T.R. Miller football history. It, it was, you know, obviously, it, it, it was bitterly cold that night. I mean, the windshield was probably in the teens. It had been wet. It had been raining at some point, so it was, the field was damp. Uh, it was just just a miserable night. And on that last drive. Uh, I'm not sure how much time was left, Coach. I, I, I honestly, I don't remember how much time was left, but I do know that we fielded a punt. James Weaver fielded the punt at about our 15 yard line. Yeah. So we had roughly 85 yards to go. Our first down uh, goes nowhere. Uh, Kevin Ladner gets hit. I think he gets the breath knocked out of him. I do know that he has to leave the game for a play. And so our backup quarterback at the time, Keith Megason, uh, who was a sophomore at the time, he he came in. And I, I don't know if it was nerves or he'd been standing over there on that sideline freezing to death uh, for most of the game, but he was he couldn't get the play out really good. You could tell <laughs> that he was just just wasn't quite you know there. I mean, due to the, I guess due to the circumstances and the and the, the the climate or whatnot. So anyway, we we break the huddle, go up, and we jump all sides. Uh, Ladner comes back in. Uh, so it's second and 15, I think on third and 15, we run the hook and lateral, uh, which is, uh, Weaver runs a little in, I guess, a, a little curl about 10 yards and Joseph Williams was trailing him out of the backfield and James laterals the ball to Joseph and Joseph takes off down the sideline. And that play goes for, I don't know, maybe 45 yards, yeah. which puts us, which puts us over, you know, into their ter- in their territory. Then we go, we three plays go nowhere. Uh, and I remember, and I don't ever remember Coach Sasser ever doing this in the prior two years, but he actually, during the timeout, he came out onto the field and was in the huddle with us. Yeah. And I, it, 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 it dawned on me, even at that time, that, hey, this, this is the first time he's ever done this. And when he was in that huddle, he was just as cool as a cucumber. I mean, he wasn't rattled. His voice wasn't shaky. I mean, he was not animated. He called the play. He said, "We can get this done. We got plenty of time. Let's just execute the play." And that's what we did. It was a another pass play. I think it was fourth and six, and I think we convert for twelve yards. Uh, sets us up with another first down, and then we run three more plays, three more pass plays. I think to just go nowhere. And then uh, so it's fourth, fourth down, and I think we have the ball on maybe the eighteen, I guess. And uh, we ran up. Uh, actually, uh, I think DJ sent me a clip of the play a while back, uh, the final play. And we were in a loose set, which means the strong side of the offensive line, our strong set was actually to the left. All right. And then we run a, it was a counter pass. Kyle Ferguson pulled from left guard, from the left guard position. He pulled out to kick out the defensive end, made a great block, just leveled the guy on the defensive end. The backside got good protection. And Ladnier kind of stepped up and wiggled a little bit in the pocket. He hit James, kind of on a little like a back shoulder kind of throw. James caught the ball, landed on his two feet, and just kind of found the end zone. And next thing you know, the celebration, you know, it started. Uh, you know, it was just crazy. Yeah. But in the in the confusion of the celebration, we uh, we didn't get the call to go for two. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up we ended up kicking the extra point, which made it twenty to eighteen. And you know they had they had 
went for two the, each time they had scored. They hadn't tried to kick an extra point, so I guess we just all assumed they couldn't kick. Well, yeah. They get, a, they get a good return on their kickoff. They come back down, and it's fourth down, third down, whatever it was. So they light up to try to kick the, next, the, the game-winning field goal from 35, 40 yards out. And the guy nailed it. I mean, he was right down the middle, but it fell short. And it just kind of made me always wonder, why didn't they ever kick those uh, those extra points? Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. And, uh, <laughs> and that was, you know, the celebration was on. We, we celebrated there, rode the bus back all night, and was in the Christmas parade the next morning. Boy, it was great. It was, it, it was, was it a was great, great time to be in Bruton, Alabama. It, it was. And I'll tell you two or three things here just to finish up um, about that. Um, probably, uh, and I've said this before, the hook and lateral play and execution and the call under the circumstance, I thought it's one of the best calls I've ever seen. Mike made that oh. call. It just, I mean, just fantastic. And the second thing is that um, – Probably Kevin Ladner doesn't get enough credit down through the years for the last drive and the coolness he displayed in 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 in, in completing those passes and making those fourth down plays uh, on the road. Incredible cold and and being able to do that that was kind of a special thing, or I thought it was. And then I when when the when they kicked the field goal and you can see it fell short. Uh -huh. I was standing by Donnie Roch and he looked at me and he said, I just want you to know, we just won the whole damn thing. He was, he was obviously excited. So it was a, it was a, a great time. And, uh, and it, and we should celebrate that and celebrate wins like that. Bart, I, I really appreciate you being on and yes, uh, talking about the, uh, the uh, 1984 T.R. Miller Tigers, uh, 4A state champions, and one of the top 25 football teams of all time at T.R. Miller. Thanks, Bart. Yes, sir. Go Tigers. All right, David. That is T.R. Miller top 25. This was teams 20 through 16. Uh, let's just review them for a minute. The number 20 team of all time is the 1964 Miller Tigers, coached by Daryl Fitz. The number 19 was the 2001 Miller T Tigers, coached by Jamie Riggs. The number 18 team, the 86 Miller Tigers, coached by Mike Sasser. The 17th best team was the 1996, coached by Jamie Riggs. And then the 1984 T.R. Miller Tigers is the number 16 uh, T.R. Miller football team, of all time. And I want to, David, thank you. And I also thank our guests that were with us. They did a great job of it. Explaining we hope to have some more guests as we go along. And our next episode, we are down to 15. We will be going 15 through 11. Five more great teams. Uh, I was proud to be on one of those five that were mentioned tonight. Uh, a lot of good times, a lot of good memories. It's so much fun to celebrate and remember T.R. Miller football. We've uh, been doing it big around here for a long time and it's fun to celebrate it and recognize it and it's uh i'm looking forward to the next five i can't wait to, to hear who, who comes out in the next five and so forth and so on but this is this has been a treat for me coach and i appreciate you including me all right david thanks again and uh, we appreciate you listening this has been a minute with coach riggs <laughs>